0: Welcome, guys. We are live. Thank you for joining us, lads. Welcome to the flats. Thanks, mate. It's good to finally have you in. Thanks, You've been Dick. talking about it for a while. We you have got, been. You got the album coming out, so it's the perfect time to get you in.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. Um, you know, you had guests like Jimmy Pike on before me and stuff like that. I'm not really happy about that. <laughs> I'll have to have a yarn afterwards, but anyway, that's fine. Barnsey, Jack. What are we doing? Good tonight? to see you, mate. Yeah, always a pleasure. Gosh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, When did I see you last?
2: Don't know. It's been a while. We We, finished making a record a while ago.
1: That was in November. We've seen each other before then.
2: We have. Yeah. You're usually leaving stuff in the studio, so you probably came around to pick something up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
2: That's
1: probably about right. But um, I thought we'd kick this podcast off. Um, Oh, you're the
2: host. Okay.
0: Well, someone's you, guys, gotta, you guys are both the host tonight. So okay, take it away.
1: Someone's <laughs> going to take their own and get not much. From All right, wait. Right, <laughs> okay, um, Matt, I'd like you to detail how we met and how we started working together, and we'll see if it matches up to my
2: how we met. It's events. not going to match. Let's have a go. Um, so I moved from Brisbane to Canberra quite some time ago, getting on about ten years. Twenty
1: thirteen is when I first clapped eyes on you, right. I think. Yeah. Okay. Mm.
2: Um, worked at UC for UC Live and there was this bloke kicking around some museo called Jack Billman. Yep. And they like, oh, that's Jack. God, he's such a pest. I didn't know what they meant then. Who said but, that? But now I know what they mean. Blacklisted. So I met you at UC. Yep. And <clears throat> you played a bunch of shows for them. I hadn't yet built a recording studio in Canberra. Yeah, that's right. And you... You know, when that time came, you were the one helping me carry furniture in and put walls up and yeah. no, real good Aussie Bits and, bloke that sort of stuff. Bits and pieces, yeah. you and another uh local musician, Don yep. Lavers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don was <laughs> 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 Don was his hands ass straight in the <laughs>
2: <laughs> Um Love him. I'll cut in. I Please. remember
1: it was just at the end of the second hand salmon, like things were sort of coming to a halt, um there like the, the
2: second hand salmon being a band of yours, yeah. For those, that yeah. Don't. No, I remember
1: that. And then also, like, I want to want to sort of break out the acoustic stuff. And and um, we got chatting, and when I sort of found out that you weren't, you know, you knew what you were doing, I sort of thought, yeah, let's 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 go ahead. Um, and then yeah, Chard and Black first song in your studio. Chard
2: and Black is a very special <laughs> song deep in my yeah. bones. Yeah, um, and that was
1: live too. I remember, like, I sort of listened to it now, and I sort of cringed that, like now versus then is two different things but I sort of think like we we did go back to that live you know just doing it warts and all bare bones for this album so it, mm. it hasn't left us but I think yeah I think that was a nice way to kick it off
2: That was the the first song we did in the studio I think the first song recorded at all in that studio yeah. and um did pretty well sounded nice Yep Um and it's a good song I don't know it's cool <sighs> Oh, it's long, it wanders. Yeah,
1: it does. Yeah, songwriting could be better, but that's, you know. Good melody. Yeah, it, like I think we need to redo it. We need to do, redo a version of it, like keep the good, get rid of the bad. and, and the
0: remastered. Well, let's yeah. let's
2: revisit it with, you know, like another eight to ten years under the belt, and then you reckon people, will, people will be able to listen to the original when, yeah. you know, we first met and then listen to having worked it's, with it's each funny. other for a it's, decade.
1: Not, it's not one of the top... Streamed songs that Mm. I have on my catalog and people ask for it, like wherever I go. It's weird. I don't, I don't particularly think it's one of the best ones compared to some of the other ones. But but. that's the thing. Don't you find that
2: you just can't predict it as a, as a songwriter, as a musician, you can worry till the cows come home, what people are going to like, what do people want to hear from me? And it doesn't matter. Nuts. You can't try as you might. Have you ever gone? Yeah, people are gonna love this, and this—that's actually what has happened. Or <laughs> has it been a bit of a dark horse? You're like, wow, I never yeah, thought that would be the it's one. it's almost like
1: you—you you pick your single songs, and um, that all happens, and then down the track, like empty bars example. Yeah, another one. Another one that um was just done live. Everything live all at once. Apart from we did a solo over the top, but you got to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's it's. I heard an interview with a with another musician and they asked, like, what like, what are your favourite songs? Like, tell me your favourite songs. Mm. And he said, it's sort of like you're picking your favourite child because you come so far with them. Like, you conceive them, you raise them and then you kick them out of the nest and it's sort of like, you just don't know what, like one of them might turn out really good and, you know, mm. it's it, you can't control these things. That, like that, and that's what I think has really captured in this this new record is it, there's no, it's like, I wrote this song because I want to write it there's no other pulling factor to the fact that that's what it is and that's what I want it to be so that's that's a nice song you don't have
2: your headphones on so you don't know that people can hear a little bit of it now but why don't you talk about that song what's sorry empty bars Bars.
1: what's it about it's very self-explanatory empty bars it's about getting in your car and driving you know anywhere between three and six hours on tour and you're really pumped up and you the local papers done a story and you you know You'd be on the phone, the local mayor, whatever, whatever you can work out. And um, then 10 people are there and you're like, what am I doing here? I could be at home, snuggled up in bed, you know, I, what am I doing? Mm, but, you know, then the next show you might think, okay, uh, this is going to be even worse because I haven't been here before or I haven't, I've only toured here a couple of times or whatever. And it's sold out and, you know, it's the best night of your life and you meet all the locals and then they come to the next five shows. You just can't predict this stuff and I sort of just wanted to capture that feeling of you know, when you're carrying your gear in all the locals, like is oh, this like like get out of my town, you know? Yeah. Like it's um Yeah. It's just that it's just that moment where you're like I
2: would normally <clears throat> know how you come to write a song. It's normally something I ask in the process of, you know, preparing to record it. I always sort of thought that you wrote that song either on the way to a gig or you Know, cause I know you're doing gigs down in Ginderbine. You know, I imagined you like driving down on the road or driving back after like a shit gig or something. There's
1: always plenty of people down in Gindy, mate. So, we, but yeah, let's, let's say <laughs> look after the Ginderbine
2: contingent. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. They did name a beer after you. I'm sure that'll pop up well, later in the chat. Or well, we could well, let's address it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, when your mate owns a, brewery, a beer, yeah.
2: Billman beer. Yeah, we've
1: actually got some plans for that later in the year, but I don't want to give too much away, but I'll tell you the story of the Billman beer. Um, Carl's a good mate of mine who owns the brewery, you know, very strategic sort of, you know, placement to get to know Carl, and he's a great bloke and his family, they've done a lot for me over the years and they're great mates of mine. Um, We were sort of just having a beer after service and and I sort of had a few tins, I played a gig and it was all great and good gig and I was on top of the world and I said, listen, Carl, mate, you, you should make a Billman beer, you know, like, Just
2: lobbing it out there, being like, here's a fantastic idea.
1: Yeah. oh, I'm a fisherman, so, you know, baiting the hook, (laughs) there we go. And I thought, let's see. And he said, all right, what do you want it to taste like? And I said, well, far as I know, you don't have any pale ales on tap. And I like a pale ale. I like like all their beers. But I said, there's nothing pale. I said, why don't you make the pale ale like a summer seasonal beer and call it the Billman beer? And I'll get behind it, get the family behind it. Um, And then he sort of said, yeah, right. And I thought... Oh, that's good. Why? Well, no, because, <laughs> because there's a hole in the market. Hole in the market. Um. Anyway, and then they put it on tap. It comes on and off as a seasonal beer, so it's a very summery thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's how it started. All so
2: right. Question: Do you have trouble with people understanding how to spell and/or pronounce your surname?
1: Pronunciation's always been pretty good because I, I can't you can't sort of bugger it up unless you put another letter in there that's not in there, which like some people do, but yeah, like weekly, like double I, double N, like you're on the phone to like Telstra or something and you're like, hey, it's Jack Billman here. Can you please give your surname? Yep. B double double n." And they sort of ask you if you're, you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'll just give dad a call. Hang on. Like it, it's, yeah, weekly. But, I
2: wonder if you were to stand at the bar while people were ordering the Billman beer, what you'd hear, you know?
1: Well, if you By, want Beal?
2: Well if you want to conduct Beal? that survey,
1: mate, be my guest, but I've got better stuff to do nah, all right. in my
0: life. Thank you. You've got me. other Good empty offer. bars to be in. Touring. Sorry, mate? You've got other empty bars to be in. Yeah, instead exactly. Of, I've got instead of that one other shows to not sell any tickets at. <laughs> 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 um, so
1: we've covered how we met. Why don't we talk a bit about you, Matt? Like your journey your journey <laughs> to um, where you are now with your production and stuff.
2: Oh, that's kind. All right, um, I don't want to go too far back, but I will. I studied at university, I studied, um, a bachelor of music, majoring in music technology it was at the time. they changed it because all the texts were having trouble keeping up with the music theory. So I did the music theory, like any other musician, if they were like graduating on a trumpet or a guitar, or whatever, except I was in the tech space. Um, from there, I had a job in Brisbane for about six years. Um, got some unfortunate family news with my better half moved to Canberra. That was originally going to be for nine months. And that was one of those cases where we're expecting the worst for a person and the best happened. Yep. A good result. Rare, but so amazing. And we put roots down. You know, like we're happy to stay in Canberra um, and be around the family, but we need our own space because we were kind of like living in a garage with no plumbing or anything and, you know, like Canberra winters get cold, man, especially coming from the humidity of Queensland, right? Yep. Um, And then I got a job at uh, UC and it turned out to be something like a $40,000 pay cut for me to move from Brisbane to Canberra. That's cool. That happened. And then this job came up. Um, looking, you know, like looking after the ANU recording studios and I was like, shit, man, that'd be cool. That's me. It's a pretty cool studio. You know, and at the same time I was building Studio 68. Um, And it turned out that building Studio 68 was part of the reason I got the job at ANU because obviously that shows a bit of dedication to, you know, a thing. Yeah. And now, you know, like I've been at ANU now for... You know, five or six years, and love it. It's great. It's a great studio. I love coming You've in both. There. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's. I was. I was going to say like, don't discredit your little studio versus like this multi-million-dollar A and U studio because, like, you you know that space and you know your tools. And I walk in there, despite it's. I tell you, like, for the viewers at home that are listening, it like it's not like a shoebox. It's a two-room studio. But this other one we're talking about, it's like a. It is something that you would see like the Foo Fighters recording in and mm. stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think you've done very well. I, I'm very comfortable in there and I think we've, like, we could be very proud of what we've achieved personally in that studio.
2: I like it. And, you know, it's a great studio for someone like yourself doing like a solo kind of project. Um, and what I love most about having worked with you for so long is that I can listen to the first stuff we did. And I can listen to the most recent stuff we've did and I can hear how I've improved. Yeah. As oh, an yeah. engineer and producer. Definitely. At the same time, you could listen from your side and you could hear how your songwriting and performance has improved. Yeah. Like well, your vocals, for example.
1: Yeah, well I like I, I like listening back and reflecting, but sometimes it's a bit hard, but it's part of, like that's something I always have trouble with is totally looking, looking back. Rather than looking what's going on next, like what am I doing? You know, I want to get to here. I want to do that. But, mm. um, yeah, I I really think that we've got a good system. And from the um, me writing a song at home and going, okay, I'm going to get this good as I can in my own hands. Mm. And it's you know verse verse chorus or chorus verse whatever the form is. I bring it to you and say, write a barney here. It is like, what do you reckon? Yeah. And then you might say, like we've had some. We've had some butts over the years, but we've had a lot. Like basically now we we don't really butt heads. No. Like we agree. And, I, and I'd like to think the songs are getting a lot better at the start before they get to be chopped up and thrown around. But um, I love that process. Like that, right, here it is. just me and the guitar. And this is what I'd have with it. I'd have uh, this beats and I'd have this sort of bass. I might have some sly guitar in it or it's, it is sly guitar or whatever. Yeah. Um, but just that. That barebone state, and you just go. That hook is awesome. Like you don't need you don't need anything else, or you, you need to double that, or you need to lesser that. It's too long. It's too short. Yeah. But like the new record, like every song's basically about three thirty. Like, and it's not really that. Um, what I'm trying to say. I haven't really tried to make it that that way Yeah. It's just it's all sort of like okay, what do I what does it need?
2: Like. So our pre production process has gotten a lot shorter. Yeah, definitely. With more experience. Yep. So early on, we would sit down and we'd be like, okay, the song's a bit long. Where yeah. can we Where can we improve the form? Where can we try and hold what's, the listener? What's a waste? What's not needed? All that sort of thing. What's the instrumentation going to be? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But now you're, you know, because we've gone through that so many times, you're doing that in your own time and you bring me a song and it's pretty much complete. Yeah. And it's just me being a second set of ears. I might have one, two things your suggestions and you know what my process is it's like take it or leave it i've you know i'm never going to be like no mate i really think you should do this i really think you shouldn't it's like here's an option think about it take it discard it fine let's move on yeah yeah
1: well yeah it's it's a it's a funny one like this whole record i wrote like at times, I've been like, okay, so I'm a blues roots artist. Always gonna, oh, that's what I do. I love it. But how can I sort of infiltrate other genres to try and maybe spark the interest of other people that that mightn't consider this sort of music?
2: Let's talk a bit about the new record, then. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a new direction. Oh. I mean, it's not it's not removed from stuff you've done in the past, but it's, you know, how is it different? It's different because um,
1: it's just total. It's not. I wouldn't. I was going to say self. Like it's, it's just very honest and there's no. What can I do to get there? Or what can I do? It's like, actually, what does it need? What do I? What do I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, mate. And Jumbo sounds great. That guitar.
0: This is the first single. First
1: single, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, this is basically just about. Oh, no, there's a good story here. Oh, yeah, go, go. So, you came to the studio and you're like, Barnsley, I've got this cool lip. So yep. It goes like this. Ding 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 ding. Played this thing, had this It goes like that. And I'm like, yeah. it's got this goes like that. Yeah. <laughs> it goes And I'm like, oh, it's got this kind of Celtic vibe or something. Yep. And you're like, I'm not too sure where to take this song lyrically.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know we'd done a fair bit of the the album by this point and it was going in a certain direction it's there's a lot of there's a, a bit of a dark yeah. there's a dark and that's what's new about it is it's a little darker than what you've done in the past yeah, it definitely lyrically. definitely darker yeah and i was like why don't you go and explore the concept of death and mortality you know and go deeper into that hole yeah. and see what happens and then it was literally 48 hours later you're like all right i got it Yeah. Listen to this.
1: But that doesn't happen too often either. Like it's usually like I've got a stockpile of guitar stuff and it's like, okay. Um, Now, what does that sound like? It's happy, sad, somber, whatever you want it to be. And then it's like, okay, well, when I have the vocal topic for this, I will put it together. Whereas the guitar came first for this one and then I was like, oh, like it's sort of a bit of everything. Like it's the Celtic, it's it's a genuine mountain. Like it could be in Braveheart or something. That's what I like Mm. about it. It's got this big... Like angry mob, like righteousness. Chanting. Or something, yeah. And, um, yeah, I sort of thought, what can I do with that? And that's why I came to you and said, what do you think? And then you came with that. And then, you know, like I've had my fair share of losing people in my family and, and close to me and stuff over the last few years, as pretty much everyone has. And I sort of thought, what what's a topic that's with that that could go with this, but that that righteousness, like that, you know, come on, The fist in the air sort of thing. And, you know, legacy, like what are you leaving? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? That's good. What are you doing for you? Like, do you like you know that? I don't give a shit. Sort of attitude, as yeah. well. Yeah. So that yeah, it worked really well with that, and and it's actually a new new tuning. Um, anyone who's watching who wants the tune, just just hit me up and I'll tell you. But, um, it's sort of got that vibe about, it. and I've already got a few other songs in the pipeline with that tuning. Yeah. So I'm really really stoked about. it. But yeah, I I like that. Like I like you that you push me to that rather than just being like oh, I don't know, man. Whatever you want it to be. Yeah, like not, not that you're like that, but you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I remember we went back and forward a little bit on some lyrics in the chorus. Yeah. Um, lyrics of the chorus are, I've saved a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. We can talk about my legacy. Yeah. And I think it took us a while to get there because we were, you know, what was it originally? Do you
1: remember? Uh, no, it was... No, it was that and then was more lyrics. So what I've always like the this album especially, I've tried to write more lyrics than I need. Yeah. And then go, right, Hey, what's the cream of the crop? Like what's good, what's not? Which is a great problem to have. And that's what I say to um It was I've
2: got a bottle of whiskey. We can talk about my legacy or something like that.
1: Oh yeah. We just phrased it
2: differently. And we were like, No, lyrics. let's 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 work this out. It's only yeah. one or two tiny little words, but it makes a big difference. We might have had a few whiskeys that night. We might just have, quietly. but we decided that I've saved a bottle of whiskey. Yep. We can talk, you know, as in like you've invited this moment. Yeah. You've been waiting for it.
1: Yeah, it's a bit dark, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Mm. But it, it's like one word. It's like mm. one or two tiny little words. No one would even know.
1: Yeah, saved it for the reaper. But it's going to turn up.
2: But it yeah. does. It, it contributes to the darkness. It makes yeah. a bit of a big difference.
1: Yeah, no, that one. It's
2: like one of my favourite, I I even have commented on this already, but it's one of my favourite choruses that you've written. Is that is that chorus that song? It's
1: funny, it, it, it came like um, very late in the, like it, like it very well couldn't have been on the album because it just, like I, I had it all mapped out like what was going to be on the album. This just popped up during COVID and, and you know, during COVID all I did was, Sort of drink beers in my backyard before I got out of my depression. A um,
2: couple of COVID kilos. Couple,
1: no, I didn't. know I was training as well, <laughs> boxing in the shed, mate. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was good. Like, it, I actually think COVID for me, like, sure, it was it's bad for everyone, and I'm not trying to glorify it. But I came out with the best new mindset because I used to get things so tangled up in my own brain, and i like and stuff that didn't matter like that I didn't get on this festival that I want to get on or, or this or that. And then I sort of came out going, you know what? I'm really lucky that I've been able to do what I've done for so long. I'm still doing it. I've got a really loyal, you know, community of people around what I do who actually like I like pretty much, if you've been to my show more than once, I'm, I've probably had a beer with you and sat around and had a chat and not many artists have that. And it's, it's, you only find that out when you compare notes with other musos about what you do and what, and, I'm just lucky. And I thought, like, you know what, that's that's like three-quarters of the battle. If yeah. you have that, like you're doing something right. Like, like this, And I'm not going to name this person, but I was at Borley Point over January um, and I was packing down after I finished. It was actually just one of the gigs we could squeeze in for COVID. And there was actually 500 tickets sold at this winery. It was fantastic. Borley Vale, they're good friends of mine. And um, as I was packing down, there was this guy walking up to me and he had like like an Akuba style hat on, a singlet. Bought his thongs and he had a dog with him. I was like, this bloke's like just me, bully point me. And he walks up to me and he said, G'day, mate, like I'm I'm so-and-so. I said, Oh, nice to meet you mate, how you going? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and he said, Can I like, can I tell you something really heavy? And I said, Okay. And he said, like, I was really depressed about, I can't remember how long it was, might have been six months. He said, like, and I was actually thinking about taking my own life. And I said, Oh shit, mate, that's that's horrendous. That's really bad. And he said, your song Own Worst Enemy came on shuffle on my phone in my car and it made me just sort of go, you know what, like I can, I can do this. Like I just got to make some changes and stuff. And it just like – that was a moment where I went, you know what, if you can if, – if, if something if, – if you can write a song and someone can hear that and, and, and that can, that's the impact – who totally. cares about other crap? Like
2: that's, that's... Totally, right? That's it. So I was just... But you've got you got a couple of stories like that. Oh, yeah. That's not just a one-off. Yeah. There's a few people. It's so hard. Like it's...
1: it's I'm just stoked. Like you just don't know what to say when someone comes up to you like that. Like you're just like, oh, thank you. Um, That's the best. But, yeah. Yeah. And then like I sort of just put my claws into these people and then they become friends. Like I've... So many people who I just, I've just i met through my music have just become friends. Because like, if you want to come and see show after show after show, that's putting fuel in my car, strings on my guitars yeah. and keep me in the studio. So, like, it's the best. Yeah. I love it. No, so that's awesome. It's a nice thing.
2: Yeah. All right. So new records coming out. Um, Legacies come out first. Yep. Are you in a position to let anyone know what's coming out Next. Yeah,
1: it's been all over social media. You clearly haven't been paying attention, Matt. I'm actually a bit disappointed by that. That's, you are right.
2: Yeah. That's so. not something I've paid attention
1: mm-hmm. to. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry about that, everyone. Um, so SOS is the next single. It comes out on Friday. Um, and it's actually a really funny one. Before we get to the song, I'm actually going to be away in the bush with some really good friends of mine fishing um, because I've I've sort of structured uh, the lead up to the album with a bit of time to get out and fish and just get away from phones and social media and stuff. And cause it's, I'm, I'm sort of finding myself getting a bit mentally drained because I'm trying to drive the tour, drive the new album,
2: drive the singles. And it just gets like, well, very, this is an important thing to talk about. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Is the fact that as a musician, as a solo artist, you've got to write a record, record it. That's, that's a big task in itself. Yeah. Then you've got a promo and then you've got a promo again, and you got to back it up, you've got to tour it. Yeah. So the social media, as you mentioned, so constantly I, I can't engaging. stand it. Oh. I just couldn't be stuffed. I'm so glad that We're I'm on, not amused. We're I'm on a not social not media podcast, While
1: off a bit. We
2: don't want everyone to in. Yeah, so well, much t- energy. What I like
0: with what you've done is you've created that community uh, w- within the social media, which, is, yeah. which p- is a bit different to what a lot of artists do rather than just always pushing out content. You're actually yeah. on that uh, well, I, community Facebook page as well. Well, I, I created
1: that the uh, the
0: community Facebook
1: group because I was just so over, like... I remember the first solo singer I ever released was Key's song, Barnsley. Remember Key's song? Yeah. So Key's yeah. song was the first song that ever got played on Triple J and when I was like 24 I thought that I was about to start killing it. I got played on Triple J. I'm like, oh, I made it. Yeah. Anyway, how wrong was I? But... um Anyway, I remember that night. I said, "If this post gets a hundred likes, I'll put the song out tonight." And at that point, my my page was nowhere near what it is now with volume of people and stuff. And it yep. happened in like ten minutes because yeah, the, yeah, the algorithm. I remember the algorithm was just yeah out of control, but now, like, it's almost like a kick in the guts. Like it's it might be like a a um a song or something that you've done and you've had someone come in, you've paid someone, like some creative to create some video or some graphic or it could be something you've done and you go, here it is, and then it gets like 10 likes. yeah, And you're like, 10 people give a shit about this, really? Like, this is the thing. But, it's, but it's, not, it's not that at all. It's just, And I've learned, mm-hmm. that's why I did the community group because I thought social media actually notifies people when I post in there. So it's like, I don't, and I said, like I did this big spiel and said, look, this is what it's about. I just want to break through the algorithm. So if I want to tell you something, you can get like tonight. i put it in here. So look, I'm going on a really cool podcast. Tune in. Um, yeah, it's it's so disheartening. Mm. But you just need to be able to see through it and see the people coming to your shows and go, oh, that's what it's about.
2: I feel for you. I feel feel for you oh. and I feel for every other musician and every other small business in the country, in the world. And you can't, it can't escape sucks. it. sucks.
0: It's the way it is. Like, it's I, what dreadful. You bat- what you're battling up against now is just those looping videos of mindless stuff and, yeah, like, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to see on there. But
2: It takes a lot of energy are, yeah. and a lot of commitment Someone to be a, yeah. a <laughs> successful <laughs> yeah. creative. Yeah. And... You've got to back it up by playing this game with the fucking algorithms, you know, I, just yeah. to like, just to get eyes on your art. Mm. I know it's real. I know everyone has to do it, and I hate it.
1: I, I'll I'll be honest with you. If I'm like, hey, I've got a new single. Hey, I've got a show. Hey, of this. Hey, I'm that. I feel like I'm pushing my. I'm I'm in the barrow and I'm pushing it. It's like, hey, it's me, it's me, it's me. But I've got no choice. No, I've I know. got no choice. I and I sort of feel like, oh. But if I put a photo up of my cute blue healer Eric, everyone's like, oh, wow, it's Eric. Like yeah. it's, you've got to break it up because otherwise it's, it's such a hard thing to get your head around. And I can understand why
2: people don't just, they just go, oh, I'm done with this. It is right. Yeah. But, you know, get it. I think you I think you're really good at it. I think there are other people that are really good at it as well. It takes brain capacity, well, right? I think at the it, same time, artists could be making art instead of having to worry about all this. Well, it
1: it's it does break your brain down or whatever you said, but I'd really try and just get to the people and go, hey, like you meet someone at a show and they travelled like this far to get there and they tell you about their um Uncle Rick's unwell. Next time you say, mate, how's your uncle? Like you connect, like you just, it's not about social media. It's about meeting people. So when you actually get someone, oh, wow, like it, that's someone I know now. Like it, yeah. that's how I treat it. Yeah, because like it's it's such a come and go algorithm. Like you, you'll be killing it on Instagram, and then you'll be Facebook will be rubbish, and then all of a sudden Instagram sucks, and then Facebook's good, and yeah. YouTube's good, or like it's I like like a TikTok. Have you seen like TikTok? That's the newest right, <laughs> thing at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, have you got TikTok? And I'm like, no, I don't. And I feel like I'm.
2: Is like, this what's coming? You're, no, no, no. I can no. tell you're thinking about. I doing don't this. think about it,
1: but I I feel like I'm. You know when. I remember I had older mates that were older than me, and when Instagram came, oh, I'm not doing Instagram. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm that with TikTok. I'm like, look, I don't care. Like, I, I'm just, I'm not. I don't have the brain capacity and the and the patience and the energy to get my head around yet another form of social media.
2: I'll ask a question. Weird question. Yeah. I haven't thought about this a lot before mm-hmm. asking it. Zuckerberg's always getting sued, right?
1: Zucker's, yeah.
2: What if he said, "Bugger is." I'm so wealthy. I'm probably the most powerful person in the world at the moment. I'm just going to stop. Yep. I'm going to close Facebook. I'm going to close yep. Instagram. How would that affect your career?
1: Well, it would affect my career, definitely, but it would affect everyone else's. And I'm lucky that I've got a mailing list of people that have been good enough to jump on that. So I've got, you know, people on that. Yeah. And I go, well, I've got that. Um, I need to build on that. But I need to get that out. That's, th- that's the only thing that springs to mind. Like you... You've just got to like. You've just got to attack it from every angle you can. Like yeah. even, like Spotify and streaming is an interesting one because I've got um, mates who are the old school, mold of like musicians, and mm. that's. And I, I remember when I first started touring, I'd, I'd get two thousand CDs, and I'd sell them over eighteen months, and after that eighteen months was done, I was ready to record again because I had all that money, and I knew I'd get rid of them. And the more shows you do, the more you get rid of. CDs are now non-existent. Like people still buy
2: them. People still buy they them. They still
1: buy them. Yeah, like I've, I've got 300 made for the new record and we'll see how that goes.
2: No, um, they, do, they do. I don't know why but they, because they want to buy something. They buy it to want to support
1: you and that's – if they do that, they're like something to behold, like you've got to pat them on the back and, and say thanks, but sorry about burping. So I've sort of come – like the amount of people who've come up to me at shows and said, hey, mate, like that was awesome, like loving me, and I always go like just out of interest. Like I don't know you. Like I usually get to know a lot of people as I was discussed. Yeah. Where'd you find me? And they're like, Spotify. Like, you, like I just came up on an algorithm, 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 yeah. algorithmic playlist and people who sound like you. So off I go.
2: <gasps> who do you sound like? Oh, no, no, no. How's
1: this algorithm working? Well, no, they just put you in, like this is not major playlisting either. It's just like you get like your release radar and you might sneak into someone's who listens to someone who could be described as same genres or something. Okay. And they go, look, I listened to you on that and now I'm here. Yeah. So like it's like right, one of my records, you know, is X amount and then Spotify is X amount. If you're like a consumer, yeah, what are you going to do? So who am I? I can't fight that. No. You've got to embrace it. So anyway, I don't, I don't let it get me down.
2: But the message is, you know, it sounds like you're doing a really good job of this, is when you play a live show is spend some time after the show hanging out with people and meeting people, well, getting face-to-face. The problem creating is... Creating little, little small, albeit small, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, because do I ever tell you about the story about Maddie Diaz from Nashville? Yes, but this is good. To oh, tell my story. God. All right, so there's this um, female artist from Nashville, Tennessee, called Maddie Diaz, and I went to a show of hers and... I had too many beers and didn't get to the merch desk in time because she was supporting someone else. I missed out on buying the EP. I went, I found her afterwards and I was like, I really wanted to buy your EP. And she's like, hey man, no worries. Here you go. Have it. Gave it to me. Very generous. And ever since then, I have told nearly every single person I know about yeah. this musician called Maddie Diaz. And we that go I think she's fantastic. Nashville. And that I want you to listen to her music. And she has me as a fan for life. Yeah, a fan for life. I
1: hate the term fan. I hate the term fan because I it's like it's like um that Chris Lee show like s s dot mouse. These are my fans. I just don't. I don't like.
2: Do you have a suitable replacement?
1: I just say friends. F- like follow followers is a better followers. term than fan. Like yeah. Fan, I, I associate fans with like you know the like people who go ballistic in america like oh and justin Bieber comes that's a fan i don't have yeah, okay. fans i have people that i get to know that like my
2: music
1: listeners listeners That'll appreciators, do. friends but yeah like the problem is though is when you <laughs> when you when you do that is like the first few tours like you tour to sell your record and make some money like so you can do it again and i'd sort of be like why didn't I make any cash? And then i sort of look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I was out till three o'clock there, three o'clock there, three o'clock. You just end up on the beers with the people that support you and you're having a, cause you're so high on life that they're supporting you and you've got yeah. these people doing it. So I think it's like, what would I want if I was them? I'd want them to come and have a beer with me and have a great all night. Yeah. I've gotten better at it the last few years, but yeah. it's it's I've always struggled with like like they just get straight into that mate zone, like, Right, hey, where are we going? Where like what are we doing? Like yeah. and it's so much fun. And if anything, it builds stronger bonds, and you know people. But I gotta, like, I like give him a shout out. I'm sure he's watching. His name's Mark Walker. Mark just doesn't miss a show. If it's in his reach, he doesn't miss a show. And I met him. I can't remember how I met him through a mate years ago. And seriously, like he, he'll buy anything. He'll, and he's just, I got to. Mark's know, in the chat
0: right now. Yeah, yeah. I knew he would be. Yeah. Stop going through me garbage, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that. He likes to be known as a supporter. supporter. He's, supporter. Yeah. Well, Thanks, he's, Mark, well, lucky you're here. Well, he's more than a supporter and he knows
1: it too, so um but yeah, like he's Mark's asked me to play at his parties and stuff and I haven't been able to do it. But, you know, like I will do it, like automatically, you know, stuff like that. I yeah. I love that sort of stuff. He's he's a great bloke and I've got plenty of them out there as well. So
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's no, it's a it's a funny old thing, the old music game, Matt.
2: It is a funny old thing. And the,
0: the social media side of it, how do you go about keeping that out of the your mind in the studio when you're both working together? Like, c- cutting that out of it and not <laughs> trying to think what's going to get me the like or what's going to work. Uh, well, H- how do you cut that out?
1: Well, I, I pretty much like... I, a lot of time I'll be thinking ahead, like what, what could I do tonight? Like, I don't, and I don't, I've, I've gotten, I don't post as much anymore. Like I've I've gotten better at knowing what works and what doesn't. But Matt flat out doesn't do anything anymore. He's like done with social media. So
0: that helps in a way. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but like what what we did for this new album was, it's like right, I Matt. So Matt's for the like anyone who's watching, Matt's a family man. He's got two beautiful girls, and you know anyone that's got kids will know that. It's it's as a creative person going away doing this doing that living this blasé flexible life just doesn't happen anymore. Mm. And me being such a good mate with Matt, I understand that. Like I understand, I know like his lovely wife Beck's good friend of mine, love the kids. All right, so how are we going to do this, Matt? Like how's this going to work for both of us? And we would sit down, we crunch it out. So this for this record, it was Wednesday nights. Yep, we're going to come in at about seven o'clock and we'll go till about ten or eleven, and then we do that weekly
2: short and sharp yep. yep and that
1: and at the start i was like oh geez we've i wish we could have done this or done that but when i'd come into the studio right we're doing scratch track first we're getting a click we're doing that all right then we're going to do the guitars all right so what do i need i need the these three acoustics these two elect- electrics they're going to be tuned they're going to be restrung the pedals are going to be dialed in at home oh what tone do i want okay i'll make all the mistakes there i'll do it okay in we go it sounds good. It's perfect. Okay. I've, I've rehearsed the lines. I've rehearsed the licks. Everything's sorted. Done. All yep. right. We do that. Next week, what are we doing? I've got a whole week to prepare for the next session. Vocals. Okay. So what do I need to rehearse? We'll do that. All right. Next one is percussion. Uh, we've got to talk about percussion on the record. On the <laughs> um, but basically, it's, it gave me a buffer um, to get ready so there was no mistakes it was ready to go it was spreading that out yeah top notch or when you got a worldwide pandemic and you're not touring or doing anything like what else you got to do Mm. and one night a week is very achievable because you know i've got my own life at home and my responsibilities and Mm. so do you but that wasn't big it wasn't that big of a of um a hole in our week we got it we got it done and then as i said before i want to bring up the percussion um my brother, I'm not. He's probably he's a pretty lazy fan. He's probably not even a fan. So I'll call him a fan. <laughs> um, probably not even watching. <laughs> but um, he's always drummed on all my stuff, and anyone who's seen him play will know why. He's um, he's the best musician in the family by far. Like naturally, um, pains me to say that. But anyway, um, so he unfortunately he's got really bad arthritis and carpal tunnel in his hands, and had to step away from the drum kit, um, which really you know hurt hurt me as much as him really. Um, And Matt's a very capable drummer himself, so I said, well, Matt will do the percussion and drums. Uh, It was uh, Joe's birthday. Oh, yeah, this is a bit of Joe action here. And Toddy. Toddy just had a baby as well. Congratulations. Congratulations. Paddy. So I'll just let you watch him go for a bit. Get the bro
2: in there. The animal. I wanted to
0: get this song up there too. It's such a banger.
1: There was a blackout that day.
2: Yeah, so this song, we sent the whole mix to a half-inch tape machine previously owned by Andrew Farris from InXS. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Prior to sending to 301 for mastering, it sounded mad.
0: Yeah,
1: it sounded great. And I want to touch on, before we get to the percussion stuff and Joe, we released this record on March 24 last year and that's when COVID hit the country. We got the Melbourne show done um, and I think half the ticket holders actually showed up and to their credit, they showed up for us. And then, you know, it was 12, like 12 months before that working on this record and <sighs> so much coin and effort from everyone. And then it was just like down the drain. Like no one was interested in anything but am I going to die? Like what's going on with mm. the world, yeah. which is fair enough. Like you can't fight that, and I I didn't resent that. I just resented the timing of it all. So yeah, we we've got to get back to that at some point because I love rocking out with those with those guys. Hopefully yeah. Joe's can be okay by then, but we'll see. And Kojo is all right as well. well
2: but but Joe bad. suddenly all of a sudden had this diagnosis. I mean yeah. Joe's a chef, works with his hands. Yeah, Joe's a chef. PT, this is devastating. And, um, in, yeah. you know like. He's got carpal tunnel and arthritis in his hands. Yeah, so he'd play a show and, like, if
1: he if he had to drive well, – we'd all take time, turns driving and he couldn't even grip the steering wheel sometimes, it was that bad. And I was like, oh, like, what's going on? And he's still trying to find the the right things to do. But I'm, I'm confident that he'll be able to sort it out. Like, we've just got to do it. But, okay, so there was a massive hole in the project. And I said, well, Matt Matt can do it. And the plan was, no worries, I'll do it. Yeah, and, that, yeah. I, was, and I was comfortable with that. I knew you'd nail it. Me too. Um, so – I was driving over to Joe's for his birthday and being the, like, really thoughtful big brother I am, I hadn't got him a present yet. And I'm like, oh, shit, what can I do, what can I do? So Michael Barker, who used to play in the John Butler Trio, he basically inspired us when we were both kids, him and John Butler and Shannon Birchell and the original well, – or not the original trio, but I think the best lineup they had. Um, I thought I'll find him on social media and I'll send him a message and tell him the story and just ask for a video and say, look, you know, Joe – yeah, happy birthday and keep your chin up blah blah and I thought I don't know this guy I never met him he's probably not even going to see it or respond and I sent it <laughs> being prepared as I was I sent it on the way over to his place and by the time I got there it was 15 minutes away he would sent through the video and I was like whoa what a legend and the video is like the best like Michael's just like you know oh, I feel your pain I've had problems myself and Know, keep creating and keep working through it. Don't let it beat you. And it was the best. Like basically, what I wanted to say, but he wasn't,
2: wouldn't listen to me. He listened to Michael Barker. So you so, managed to hook up a video from your childhood hero. Yeah, I just, between leaving your house and getting to your brother's. But he,
1: yeah, he. But that's testament to him, not me. Like he's such a good bloke. He yeah. could have thought, oh, well, I'm gonna have dinner first, or I might do it tomorrow. or Next, you're week. lucky. Um, anyway, I kept talking to Michael and. um you know, what are you doing now after the trio? And, you know, since then he's done – he plays in his own band called Swamp Thing. He played the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra, um, Split Ends. And before the John Bullock Trio, he played in the Black Sorrows, which I didn't know. So he's like good mm, resume. Real deal. Um, and obviously if anyone has seen him play, Michael Barker, he's like as good as it gets. And I sort of said, oh, you know, I'm in the middle of recording a record and blah, blah, blah. And I was sort of basically waiting for him to stop replying. <laughs> Because I thought, that's what's going to happen. Um, and he said, oh, like, like, bro, like, if you're keen on a drum tracking, let me know. Like, I do remote drum. Because he's in Rotor- Rotorua, New Zealand.
2: He also has a New Zealand accent. Can you try and include no, that? No, let me finish.
1: Okay. Um, don't buddy in like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he said, I do remote drum tracking. And I said, oh, wow, like, that's great. What an offer. But I thought, you know, being his calibre, It'd be like out of control, like so expensive, and and rightly so. So I sort of asked the um question like how much, and he and what he came back with was like well and truly in the budget, and I yeah. was just like right, and yes. I was like you have to, do I this. have to do this. Yeah. So I was like right, and then you know next time on the phone on on Facetime having a great old chat. He's a trout fisherman in New Zealand, sport for choice over there. Oh, whenever you want to come over, bro, come over. Like okay, I'll go stay at Mike Barker's place. All, all g. So I'd like to, like Mike's a good mate of mine now and what he did for that record
0: and what he's done is just, oh, like. So good. Just. You got the travel bubble open now. Yeah. And uh, head over. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, if you're watching Mike,
1: make the bed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I mean, these drums came in sounding so good. Oh. And it was like, okay, now we're trying to preserve the sound. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and well, we don't and need working. to do anything
1: to this. Like, well, how can we make this work? I felt like just turning all my stuff down by fifty percent and just having a yeah. drum track. Yeah, but in all honesty, the track that showcases what he did is SOS. I think. Oh, I disagree. Mirror. I think Devil. Oh yeah,
2: mate, he plays a kitchen sink. Yeah, we don't give too much away to the viewers. But yeah, he that's does, enough. That's enough of it. Does teaser. play a
1: kitchen sink? The guy's crazy. He, he, he gives it everything including the kitchen sink. So there you go. Yeah. But yeah, an absolute gentleman, And I uh, just, so like, if you had it told 17 year old me that Mike Barker is drumming on my album, I'm thinking that I've got a mansion in Beverly Hills and I've made yeah. it, not that that means anything, but I know what well, that popped in my head, but
2: yeah. But to sort of summarize the process of recording your record, it was short and sharp, uh, recording sessions on an evening of a Wednesday night. And that was all right, Jack. You're doing your guide tracks. Um, next week you're putting down your, you know, keeper acoustic or yeah. you're doing your vocal, whatever it is. And you would go away for that week and you would rehearse that one thing and you would just focus. You had one task, focus on the vocal, you'd come back and you'd just nail that. Yeah. And then away you went with the new task. And it was one thing at a time. And while we were doing, you know, short, sharp sessions, two to four hours long, we could sit there and we could bash out the whole thing and, you know, we could do it all in 10 hours. But by doing short, sharp things over a longer period of time, it's not actually taking us longer. You might be releasing the song later, which is a completely separate conversation. Yeah, well, but was, what's yeah. happening is that it ends up being a better quality Yeah. because you've got this time to practice, time to reflect and you can kind of dedicate some effort to one particular task at a time rather than thinking, I've got all these parts to put down. I've yeah. got to do this one now, followed by now I've got to do this one, now I've got to do that one.
1: Yeah. It's um, – I don't think I could go back to recording. Like, you know, mates of mine that are musicians and bands that go, oh, we're driving five hours to the studio to do this on a weekend. I can't think
2: of anything worse. Like, like I like – that. It's taxing. It's taxing to do those longer sessions yeah you know for everyone I've just come out of two days of it yeah and they fantastic band fantastic musicians, but me as the engineer, when you're trying to kind of keep four or five people in a band like completely happy when they want their own individual things in headphones and yeah, and you know they come back and they listen to their songs, and the drummer hears where they've played something late, and then the guitarist hears something as well, and they're giving you all this feedback at once, and you're trying to make everyone feel like they're equally listen to, you know, like it's a lot to kind of and manage. It's, and it's, it's burnout time. Man. Cranky like, Barnsley.
1: Mm. I've oh, dealt with a lot of Cranky Barnsley over the years. There's been a couple times, yeah. hasn't there? Yeah, yeah. What's,
2: what was the worst time where I was cranky? <laughs> it's it's – I, I think I know what it is, but you might have a different memory.
1: I sort of stay – because I'm, you know, I'm a cranky bloke myself. Like if I'm cranky, I'm cranky. But I, for me, when I'm in the studio – I'm I'm very happy but at the same time I get frustrated I don't get frustrated at you ever I get frustrated at me if I can't but to be honest I haven't really got those freeze moments where I couldn't play it I couldn't sing it yeah it's been pretty good we've we've got it Um, but mate the thing thing why I wouldn't bring up as the moment that you were the crankers. As, as I reflect, I'm like, oh, gee, you were being a flog lock. You didn't even know. know no, you can
2: I'm giving you permission. It's okay.
1: No, no, no. I want to hear your, I want to hear your side of the story.
2: All right, mine. I'll be careful not to go too hard because I know that you'll just bury me if I go too hard. Um, I will. So the time I remember was we were doing uh, the Billman Band yep. at ANU and I'd always wanted you guys just to play as a band, play live. Yeah. Just get in there and just go hard. Yep. You know, like just put it all in one room and just give it hell and we'll capture that. And you turned up and you're like, oh, Barnsley, I know what you've asked. I know what you wanted to do, but I just don't feel like that's, you know, going to be the way to do it. But I'd already put all this preparation into like how the day was going to go, how it's going to pan <laughs> out, how long this was going to take, that was going to take. And then you came in and just casually kind of like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. And I was like, oh,
1: Billman, I don't remember that. Oh you know why? You know how you're saying how you're trying to keep everyone in the band happy? Yeah. That was what I was doing with the boys like yo because know, yeah. I yeah I just I just like And it's funny because like I'm I've sort of been lucky that when I have done stuff live I've been able to nail it and it's just been pot luck that it's worked. But so really like I could have done it, but I just I don't know. I find that when I'd rehearse with the boys I'd be so focused on what everyone else is doing that I would be like mucking up and it's not the fact that anything more that they're all incredible musicians like in fact like i feel like most of the time far more advanced than i am and i'm going but as soon as i got on stage i was fine but like mm. i was like what are they doing you yeah, know well, you know it was yeah really weird And i think that's what that probably was it was sort of like if we do it with that less stress environment everyone can have their space to nail it yeah then we'll be fine and that's that's not speaking like i don't know that's just what probably went through my yeah. head but I like I would have picked it up that you For me crazy. as
2: a as as the person in the producer's chair or whatever you want to call it at the time that was part of applying a gentle pressure to you and the band and you kind of like you you sort of waved your little flag before even trying Oh, don't! I'm and a then trier. I was like, and I was like, oh, okay, like right. Don't, you know, don't, You were oh, trying to make it easy on yourself. That's what don't happen. say that I'm not a try. I'm a try. Oh, you are a try. I'm a try. But that day you Very were like, oh, I know what you've asked, but I just think it's gonna work another way. And I was like,
1: oh, he's giving up. He's
2: giving up before he to a crack.
1: I can't say why, but I'll tell you exactly why. Right, I'll tell you why.
2: Right now or later. No, I can't tell you why now. Okay, I'll tell you later. All right. Um, tell me about you know. You can tell me now where I've been. Shit house. Shit house. Can I do it?
1: Usually we're just too pissed. I mean I
2: mean,
1: <laughs> I mean no, that wasn't no, no, really you've been you've been like
2: I try to be in your corner, try to build you up. Like you
1: know. No, nah, we're like really like if you know what I'm like. If I'm not if I don't like something that's going on, like you're the first to know then and there and yeah. we're sorted out or we don't. There's yeah. never been a time where I've been like, man, I'm done with you. I've yeah, yeah, never yeah. been a time where I've been like, this is not a good experience. It's just like, you know, frustrations that you can't nail something or, you know, sometimes it would frustrate me when gear would just muck out, like on your end. Like they say there's oh, something that, yeah. and you're like, but what can I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to walk in there and go, Matt, you know, that compressor, turn it down or I don't know anything
2: about yeah. that world.
1: So, But sometimes I'd be like hot and ready to go and I'd be warm and, it be half an hour of mucking around.
2: But that's totally. but that's teething issues in any studio. You know what you would think that like bits of hardware would just work and stay working and oh, for yeah. some reason it just doesn't go that way. But, but
1: like who am I to like come and chew you about that?
2: Yeah. But no, oh, I but I completely understand why that's frustrating for a musician. Oh well, I really do. It's momentum. Like you just want to keep pairing. And through. you want to keep your vocal warm. I want to keep you going and I want to give you absolute bang for buck. You know that's part of my thing yeah, is trying to get, you know, like look after, like an old school producer is looking after a musician's budget and getting them as far as they can get. Well, that's one thing as well is like I've never ever set foot in a studio
1: without being 100% prepared because as an independent musician, like paying for studio time and, and doing it, it's not a walk in the park. So I'm just letting myself down. If I go in and it's like just, oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. What's the what's a BPM? I don't know. Oh my god. What's this? I don't know. Like what are you doing there? Like yeah. just wait until you're ready. So I'd always make sure that I'm good to go. But listen back to the first record, I had no idea no idea what I'm what I was doing. But I was prepared
2: I was prepared to be not knowing what I was doing. But we've all got to start somewhere, right? Exactly. You've yeah. You gotta do it. You gotta jump in. I had to jump in as well. They're not my favourite recordings by any stretch of the imagination. Oh I know. You know? Like, and we were like, what can we do to make it easy on ourselves? I know, let's use an electronic drum kit. That won't happen again. No, no, that's bad. But the drums is the bit like
1: I, being a little crafty B I M, when the drums is the most expensive and to- most time consuming thing. So these drum- drums are already pre EQ'd. Barnes can do something with them. Yep. Little did I know, it's a stereophile. Yeah, not yep, each. Yep. Anyway, but um, like I released a record when I was 18 called My Life called, by Jack Billman. Yeah. I think I've shielded this from you because it's like. I don't know it, about this. I, I d- recorded with a guy called Neil Porter, who's a friend of mine down the coast. He recorded, he, like, Louie looked after me as a young fella. Yeah. And it was just genuine. Like, I could hardly sing. I could play guitar, but all the vocals were like matched with a guitar melody. Like, the, na, 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 na. It'd be exactly the same because I knew that the guitar was right and I could oh. follow that. Oh, I was on my okay. like, security yeah. blanket. And like, the other day I had a party for my birthday and a few mates came over and, and Jody pulled it out. And put it on, and all my mates are just howling. Like just it was the most they're howling. And I'm this and they're like, actually, this is actually really good. Taking oh, no, absolute really piss it. out of me. No. Oh <laughs> like, <laughs> but and I listened back and I go, Why did you do that album? Like, why did not you wait a bit longer? But I've always had that dumb courage. Just get in there and do it. Like, and if you wanna, you know, if you wanna come and put shit on me, come and put shit on me. But I'll be the one that's and that's like devil's got a bed. I'll be the one that's laughing at the end because I love what I do and I'm going to keep doing it. So come and put shit on me and I'll laugh in your face because it's not going to matter. Devil's Heart of Bed is a big song. But yeah, it's, it's, um, I sort of look, but I wish I didn't have that amount of dumb courage. Like, hey,
2: you're, um, you're pretty good at taking a heckle. Heckle, yeah. Live. Yeah. How did you get so good at taking a heckle?
1: Oh, uh, aggressive bullying my whole life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, get... surely it's brother related. You've just oh, got
1: to go toe to toe with your brother. Oh, my brother. Cop to Pizzling when he was young, by me, and vice versa. And like, we have like, we have this. Like, well, I just spent a weekend away with all my family up in the bush at our family property, and it's almost like, just whose turn is it next? Like, so yeah. all you have to do is say something wrong, and you're it for the next however long. And how you can dig yourself out of it is yeah. you by turning the tables on the next person. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, I always anyone wants to give me a bit of a heckle during a gig, it's like, all right, make sure it's good. Yeah. Like, cause I, like, Definitely
2: come prepared to a Billman gig well, with some good no, lines. No, but ultimately I've got a mic and you don't, so I'm going to win. But It's almost stand-up comedy between songs of yours sometimes. I don't want it to be like
1: that, but it just happens. Like it's, it just, you know. Yeah. I had a bloke in, um, I think it was Warnable, wanted to, wanted to go toe-to-toe because he kept, kept going at me, going at me, going at me, and I was sort of like, Getting cranky, but I just waited and waited. And He's with this girl; she wasn't half bad-looking girl, and that. And I sort of said, "Is that your girlfriend, mate?" And he sort of goes, "Yeah." I said, "Where's a guide dog tied up?" And then the like, whole, the whole, the whole thing disrupted. <laughs> and this bloke sort of you could see he's just like, "Oh man, I've just been defeated." But I, did, I felt bad about it afterwards. But like, like you're, you know, you're up there trying to do something, and if something like there's fun, and then it's just like and I was like oh, I'm not gonna cop this on this bloke. but um
2: yeah quick wit billman I'll give it to you
1: well my old man you've met Mort, my Mort old man yeah. doesn't say much when it's when he says I stings yeah oh it doesn't sting usually makes you laugh but it stung me when I was a kid I was you know a bit boisterous for my own good
2: he's been a big influence on your songwriting yeah more Billman, your dad definitely yeah um do you want to talk about that a little bit um
1: yeah he just Dad's just very, um, very working class, but work hard for what you want to do, you know, whatever that is. And, you know, I don't come from a musical family by any means, so this is all new territory for my family and me. I haven't had anyone to really guide me and say, you know, don't do this, do this, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But he's sort of, you know, he'd refer refer to rock music as hooja. Hooja is what Hujar. he called it. Because he, he likes his real, like, Charlie Pride like, early country stuff. Like, not, you know, not the redneck country stuff, like the genuine
2: OG yeah. country stuff. Um, but we've done a song called The Battler, which he yeah. wrote about more, your dad. Yeah. How What was his reaction like when he heard that song?
1: Well, see, I, I, I thought he was going to be sort of like... Because um, oh, he's a hard man, What are right? you doing writing songs about me? I don't want people talking about me, sort of thing. But... I think he gets how much I put into it and he doesn't get the world at all. Like he doesn't know what it takes to write a song or what music's about. He knows what he likes listening to. But I think he just, he he sort of accepted that that's what I do. And and not, not that he wouldn't accept it, but he's sort of like, he doesn't coach me. He just goes, good on you, mate. Like that sounds good. And he's always at my gigs. He just doesn't understand. Like it's, you know, it's like if your father was a tradesman and you become a tradesman and your father can say, one thing you can always make a mistake when you're a young tradesman is this. Yeah. I don't have that with music, with yeah. him. But he I respect what he's done for me and he respects what I'm doing with my life and that's it's it's good. But it's it's yeah, it's an unspoken
2: thing. Yeah. All right. Unspoken thing. And you don't need to talk about this. No. Nah. But um other influences on your songwriting in the same vein as your father. Your mother, I've noticed as your producer, a lot of stuff you write has, has been sort of influenced by your relationship there. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about any of that or not? Well, I
1: sort of just, whatever's going on in my life at the time is influenced me. Like I, I I like to think I'd write my songs about stuff that's actually real and happening. Like I don't set out to write a song, like legacy example before you said, you know, write about this, but it's like, okay, how does this work for me? Like it's not some fantasy song that I've written to try and get a legion of fans and sell heaps of copies. It's like, what do I want to write about? So that's, yeah, I, whatever's going on in my life at the time, I'll write about it. It'll come out in some shape or form. Um, and that's, that's, I think I can't, my, my lyrics have got more mysterious over the years in general. Like I'd, instead of being like, the dog is brown it's like you know i'll think about how can i get around that but still get the same message and yeah. that's this experience and you've pushed me a lot there yeah like you'll say what's a better lyric there but i yeah i'm very i'm so hard on myself now with lyrics people like, could probably get a taste of that on friday yes definitely yeah. yeah sos comes out friday which is very deep but i think i think a lot of people are going to relate to this song because there's something for everyone yeah. Something for everyone. Like, and that's when you meet people and talk to them about their lives, there's always something. Yeah. There's always something that,
2: that, that happens to people. that gets them a little bit down or whatever, but yeah, I just hope people like it. And so you know, writing for you is very cathartic. You know, you've gone through an experience, you write about it. That feels good. You re- rinse and repeat that kind of process. Well, and yeah. then, and then there's the other side of being a musician where you're like, okay, I kind of, I don't have anything to really draw on right now. I'm going to write about something completely fictional. Yeah. Something. And like, how do you find that?
1: I haven't done much of it, to be honest.
2: I've done bits and pieces, but
1: I, I sort of, I try and be productive in some shape or form. So it's like, okay, I play guitar all the time. I've got 16 guitars. I love guitar. You know how much I love guitar. Mm. So I pick a guitar up and that tone will evoke something. Okay. That's, that's got a bit of a raw feel to it. Okay. Well, then what's a riff? Okay. What's a chorus? What chords can I use? What else? All right, cool. That sounds really good. That's in the pile. Whereas SOS, I just wrote everything down on a bit of paper because I was just feeling so cranky. It's during COVID, so tensions were high, really cranky. And then everything came out. And then I looked at the words and went like, it was this subconscious songwriter coming out in me that they sort of had these little couplets occasionally and these little things that made them into a, like, more of a poem. Yeah. And it's not a rhyming song. It doesn't rhyme. Uh, and I went, okay. Okay, so that's the, the what some chords are And I like, I'm always discovering new chords that are they're real things. But I stump, I'm a self-taught guitarist, you know that. I don't mm. really, I just find it myself on the fretboard. And I found these chords. I went, oh, that's a interesting chord. Like, that's a bit cool. All right. And then they fell into the song, and it was really nice because usually what happens is it's the other way around: the guitar, then words on top, then song's done. But this one was the other way around, yeah, which was cool. awesome. And I, I remember I tried to do it and I went, oh, ah, no, this is not – like good on you for trying, but this is not going to work. And then I think it was like mid-COVID, Jode's opened a bottle of wine on a Saturday night. So we had dinner and had a bottle, had a glass of wine. Had a couple of glasses and I went, ah, oh, I'm going to go back and have another go. And just that little bit of loose – like I think because I just dropped the ball and I expected it not to work again. So I was like, oh, whatever. So I sort of like just – yeah, and then came back in, and it was just like literally fell into place. So I remember ringing you the next day, going, "We got to strike while the iron's hot here." Yeah, um, yeah, and there it is. But and it's a real, it's a real testament because I didn't think it was that strong. Like I thought it was strong, but I didn't think it was like one of the yeah. heavy hitters on the album. But everyone I sent it to in the industry, like management and stuff like that, and um, anyone that had a musical ear, yeah, that song. At that yeah point cool, there. and I was like,
2: really, like okay, have you got tips for anyone about rider's block like do you get rider's block oh yeah i do I'm you saying- have do you have a method for getting out of it
1: no, no, it's like it's like um, it's sort of <laughs> it's like being my upbringing was always up in the mountains and stuff, and you know like you just don't know what the day is gonna bring, it could snow, could be thirty degrees, could be like you know wind sideways, and you've just gotta deal with what you got so mm. For me, it's like, okay, you can't write lyrics, but what can you do? You can think of topics. You can write guitar stuff. You can think about what percussion or what beats or what thing could come next. You can ring your mate. who's like Kojo's been really good with that. I've talked Mm. to Kojo about stuff like that and he's sort of just – because he comes from a hip-hop background, which is a completely different school of thought to me yeah and he just makes me think about things differently, yeah cool, but like I think if you fight writer's block and go, I'm just gonna write a song and and you sort of resent every word that you've written because you've had white writer's block, yeah what's the point? you can always do something you can always find time to develop your other game, you know like that's like I've been getting vocal coaching and I'm not ashamed to say that like i've I've always been able to sing i feel and I, as a, I wouldn't do it otherwise, but it's like learning about your instrument like I've been seeing danny Danny pass has been great, she's been showing but it's because I've got so much experience, everything makes sense. It's like, oh, that's what that is. Oh, that feeling. Oh, yeah. So now, like, I'm so, so much more confident singing. And, like, you probably wouldn't notice that much. I'll be interested to know if you notice when, yeah. we, when we do catch up next in the studio. Yeah. But I'm I'm really about self-improvement at the moment. Like, cool. sourcing help from things that I never – because everything I've done is pretty much self-taught, and I'm yeah. proud of that. But now I'm at the point where it's like – why be like that when you don't have to be?
2: Yeah.
1: So I'm getting stuff. I'm just, I'm talking, I want to hang out with other guitarists. I want to hang out with other singers, different genres. Like i listen to any genre of music now and I go, I can take someone away from this.
2: What is it? What would be your thoughts on co-writes?
1: Oh, definitely all about it. Yeah. Like Hope Hope Wilkins is um, supporting me at my Canberra show for the Canberra album launch. And I've said to Hope, like, let's hang out yeah. and write some songs. Yeah. Even if I just play guitar or whatever, I just want to, I want to feel the process from other people. But, like, even Toddy and Pat and Joe for the band record, it's not a solo record, so it's not like I'm
2: yeah. calling every shot. They've made me really look at things differently. Cool. And I'm really happy about that. that I feel like it's a very valuable and a really quick way for people to get better at what they do is co-writing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, just yeah. see it from a different place. you know, place. musicians can be really kind of insular people as well and they're like, no, this is my song I don't want to share it and yeah. these are my ideas and, and getting past that can be quite hard for people. Well, look, it, like,
1: interesting you say that. If I had a song that I thought was six foot and bulletproof with my own ability, I probably wouldn't bring it to a co-write. Yeah. I might bring it for feedback, but I wouldn't open it up. Yeah. But the song that I have writer's block with, and if you're serious about your writing, you're writing, all, like, songs all the time. Yeah. So it's about just knowing yourself, like, what – what am I going to do with this?
2: Yeah. Like I'm I'm so open to it, but I'm also very in control of what I do and what I know I can do. But I think there's a conversation to be had about quantity over quality at that co-write level. Because if you get in a room with someone and you write three songs, five songs potentially, maybe even in a day, you know, they can always be improved.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: So I think that's something that, you know, I would like to see more of that in Canberra is, is people hanging out with each other. And and writing more songs together. And I think that's a really quick way to kind of, I don't know, sort of stimulate the songwriting economy. I would,
1: I would like, like when you when you discuss that, then what I was thinking about is like for me, it'd be starting a song. Like I want to know how you start a song. Starting's the hardest part, bro. Right? How do you start a song? Yeah. Like for me, it's always like, oh, that's sick little guitar lick. Oh, that's cool. That'll be something. Yeah.
2: You know mm. who's really good at this stuff? Beth Monzo. Do you know Beth? I do know Beth, yeah. She's gold. Anyone listening who wants um, extra help with songwriting stuff, Beth Monzo. Okay, cool. Yeah, On the
0: collaboration thing, we got a question from Luke about the shows coming up. Are they going to be band shows or more solo shows?
1: They're going to be solo. Um, It's going to be the Blues Roots set up. Um, So I'll be playing old songs and the new songs. Um, We're just not in a position to be playing um, band shows at the moment with with Joe's Hand Health and and Todd's just had a a baby – um, we just like, it's just not the right time, but yeah, it's, that hurts me so much. Cause like we, how tight we were as a band before COVID, like we were, like we'd rehearsed. Oh man. Like it was, we were doing a cover of Gimme Shelter by the Stones mid set. It was going, oh, don't talk about it. That, yeah. Yeah. The, question, launch,
2: the launch event was ready to go at the basement. But, so we, the we had to refund 140 right.
1: tickets and we, and it was still like three weeks away. Yeah. That, you know how hard that is to do. Like that's such a great start. Yeah. You know
2: what's that worth dollars wise? Oh, I don't Jimmy. want to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we we can look forward to
0: a, a a big tour around the country basically. So yeah, people well, can can catch up on what they missed last year. Hopefully, we can get it done.
1: It's looking good. I'm trying to be positive, but I think we're going to be right. We'll get it done.
0: Well, we've been going for over an hour. But there's there's one more question I want to get at. We got to touch on your time at Abbey Road. Oh, my time. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because
2: yes. what was that like? Oh well, it was um well probably one of the best times of my life, really. Um, there's the a bit of a growing. story there. There's a bit of a story. Yeah. But, how did you end up there? Well, like okay, so I was going to London, anyway, and I'm like. I've pretty much committed my life to being a recording engineer. Like I'm gonna so, be so close, I'm be so close to Abbey Road. I got to get there. I don't even. I didn't even know if I could. You know, I didn't know. Can I just like? How do I get into the most famous place in the world for recording engineers? And I called him. <laughs> I tracked down the number and I was like, yo. How do I get in? (laughs) Like, there's no other way to do it, right? Um, I spoke to the studio manager at the time called Colette Barber. And she's like, well, you know, I've got a couple of studios, you know, free. It's going to cost you. And I was like, hit me. I'm doing this. I'm committing. (laughs) And I was working with some bands uh, from Canberra at the time. And I was like, I'm taking them with me and I'm mixing them and I'm mixing them at Abbey Road. And this is going to be really cool. Um, and I realised in this conversation, like after this conversation with um, Colette that I'd, I'd mucked up my dates and so I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be there on the 17th or whatever it was. And she's like, well, no, I'm so sorry, mate. We got nothing. Yeah, we It's Happy Road. We're booked. You got the Queensland. And I was like, aging. oh, well, there goes, there goes that dream, right? And <sighs> then I've checked with the organised person in the relationship being my, at the time, girlfriend, Beck.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. It's a long time
2: ago now. Yeah. I may or may not have had an engagement ring on me while I was at Abbey Road. I knew about this, so I remember. But this, that would yeah. have been too much about me, so that didn't happen. Um I've called Colette back and been like, Colette, I want to come to Abbey Road so bloody bad. I've changed my flights. I just fucked up my flights. I've changed my <laughs> flights. I'm coming the week after. What do you got? She goes, Oh, I don't have that studio you want. But I, I do have one room available and that's the penthouse suite and I'll let you have it for the same price as the cheapest studio, the cheapest studio. Mm. And I was like, book me in. And I rocked on up, knock, knock, knock. Hey Colette, it's me. I made the flight. I'm here. I've got this cool band I'm mixing. They took me on the tour, took me around. Um, showed me the Lady Madonna piano and the heritage listed spaces and all this kind of thing, met some friends. And strangely, that was the same day that Colette, who'd been the studio manager there for, you know, decades, announced her retirement. Ah. And so Abbey Road has a bar in there, you know, like so like literally just like a pub inside Abbey Road. And they called all the staff down into the bar And I didn't realise that I was rubbing shoulders with, you know, the best mastering engineers at the time and recording engineers. I don't know who these people are. Now I know who these people are. And they've got champagne out and all this. And like, Matt, do you want champagne? And I'm like, I would frigging love champagne. (laughs) But I'm also paying a lot of money to be here right now. So I cruised back up to the penthouse suite. I did my mixing uh, for my Canberra band at the time who broke up and the song never came out because that's how the music industry goes but it was the one of the best days of my life you know my my girlfriend at the time was there as well hanging out and we, we snuck a couple of mates in and it was awesome i remember that it was, it was cool it was cool oh, i asked yeah. you i was like billman i'm mixing at your road what do you want me to do and you were like eh, the timing's off
1: i was so filthy like out of how busy we've been over the last six years mm. to not have something on the go I can't remember what that was between. It must have been was it before streams? Yeah. Yeah, so I must have been just yeah. writing that record. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. But we're just getting started. We can we can do stuff like that.
2: Yeah. But Maybe it was anyway. cool. It was cool. It was a great experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I was filthy but I was so happy for you at the same time. Like sort of like it was good.
2: Mm. All right, lads. Well, thank
0: you for sharing some stories. Thanks, Nick. It's yeah,
2: has great for,
1: to have you in. Sorry for crapping on. That's what we like to do.
0: Nah, dude, that was awesome. And all the best with the shows and, and the album. Can't wait to hear it and see what happens. Massive shout-out to Nick View's behind the lens here. Yeah,
1: he's um doing great things. Mate, for the smashing scene. it. Yeah, this you can't really see the setup. There is
2: 50 cameras in this yeah. room. Yeah, I feel violated, but it's good. We got you
1: covered. We got yeah, you covered. cover it, all right. But yeah, you're a legend, Nick. Thanks for doing it. And um, yeah, look forward to watching the rest of the ones that are following.
0: Awesome. Catch you, lad.
1: See you, mate.